Security in Embedded Systems with Andre Nikishi. Welcome to episode 36. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm your host, Georg Lora, and this is the Mastering Embedded Systems podcast. In this podcast, you get know-how, tools, processes, and tons of surplus information. Or, in a nutshell, I give you my best for your success in embedded systems projects. Security in embedded systems, that's the topic of this episode. Do you have ever thought how the heck does this device, the embedded device, really interact when connected with the internet? What's going on there inside? Is my security in some way jeopardized? Am I endangered? Or maybe you are by yourself engaged into an embedded project and your boss, for example, walks in one day and asks, we are secure, aren't we guys? Please give me a yes. And the only thing which comes into your mind is, oh my God, nobody has given a dime since starts of this project for any kind of thought about security and integrity. And now this question, and having experienced this situation for real one day, I said to myself, if I could ever meet someone who is doing this kind of stuff, and I mean security, not bossing around, of course, I wanted to talk with the guy. And here I got the chance. My today's guest from Kaspersky Labs, the Kaspersky Labs, is Director for Future Technologies, Andre Nikishin. I have met Andre at the Embedded World in Nuremberg at their booth. This guy has given me a ton of information and details about how security needs to be done in embedded devices. You will get it in a second. So, as always, links and additional information in the show notes at embeddedsuccess.com slash episode 36. Okay, stop baffling, Eric. Let's jump right into it. Stay tuned and be inspired. Andre, give us a brief overview. What are you actually doing? That's a pretty complicated. So uh, my role inside of a Kaspersky Lab is a kind of a business development slash evangelist of uh, new technologies and new business directions. So uh, currently I work clo very closely on Kaspersky operating system and related technologies. And previously I was heavily involved in Kaspersky industrial cybersecurity. So it's uh, like, you know, Product. It's a new direction, uh, new business direction for Kaspersky Lab security uh, for uh, industrial environment. To be honest, on one side, I was really astonished to see you guys at the Embedded World in Nuremberg. Uh, but on the other side, already 15 years ago, I was asking some machine manufacturers who have simply connected their devices with their internal internet, how we are planning to achieve security or integrity and also stability of their machines. Now we are, we are connected them uh, to the network. But the only thing I got was something like amazement and disbelief. So there seems to be some changes in the understanding. What has changed since when? You're right. The main and global change that the connectivity became kind of, you know, not, not a standard, but it's, it's our life. So more and more devices connected to the internet and more and more organizations, uh, which even, you know, 10 years ago, we uh, even don't think that it could be connected. But now it's connected, like, for example, nuclear power plant or uh, some manufacturers or steel mill or that type of devices. Or even, you know, if someone told me that pet, my, my dog, would be connected somehow to the Internet 10 years ago, <laughs> I definitely would laugh on that. Yes. <laughs> but, but now that's our reality. And... Uh, 
want me or do, do not want want me the connectivity or internet of things or connected connected worlds it's it's a reality that's our present and uh, it's unstoppable and unavoidable trend so even though we don't want it it's definitely will be in everything uh, in the future world would be somehow connected to the internet and send data and receive some data from the internet that that's the main difference as we are talking about security uh, unfortunately from our standpoint uh, we can't see any you know, huge progress uh, to the secure to the questions of security in terms of connected devices since you know yes. even though there are a lot of connected devices nowadays but the security of these devices usually is very low level and uh, we you know if you look at the internet and try to find the examples of uh, successful hacking or exploitation of different devices you can find hundreds of examples uh, what kind of connected devices could be exploited from medical devices like pacemaker and uh, other devices up to you know smart bulb or uh, even smart loo in japan so everything uh, could be exploited so that that's a problem i see and just let, let me jump back to, to to that one sentence. Is your dog actually connected? Uh, truly said, not. <laughs> okay. Truly said, not. Uh, but you know that you know recently I found the website is talking about connected pets. That's actually the idea is very interesting because there is a special kind of sensor, and the sensor could uh, understand what what's you know kind of basics desires, basics, wants of, of a dog, of a pet. If you want to go out or uh, hungry or thirsty, so that uh, could, you know, send the command to the another sensor, to another actuator and uh, give some, some food, for example, or some extra water to a pet. Or just call to your mobile and say, okay, your, your pet is ready to go out, please, you know, he's or he or she is definitely desperate and needs to go out. That's, that's kind of and actually, you know, this feature is very good unless uh, the vulnerability would be found some way in this sensor, smart sensor or smart hub, and you'll be, you know, bombarded with uh, smart uh, spam messages that your dog is hungry, thirsty, wanna wanna pee, and so on and so forth. Okay, that will be would be really weird then. Okay, but most likely it will be quite easily to observe that because you, as you just mentioned, you get bombarded with some some nasty messages indicating definitely the wrong things. But mm -hmm. if if we jump back to what what you just mentioned about the the bare amount of of um, devices who will be connected in some in some way or another, and um, what effectively does security in this context mean for you or for you as Kaspersky? You know, our idea uh, for that type of device, first of all, you know, it's necessary to assess the risks. Because, for example, just a quick example, if you've got very tiny sensor in your house or somewhere else, which just register movement, for example, and send the data back to the smart hub, 
there is only one uh, way of exploitation of that. So you need to protect data in motion. So you need to establish some secure connection, and that's it. That's another story. If you have a smart hub or some telecommunication device in your home, which is connected to the internet, provides some additional services like FTP, torrent, or whatever, there are other ways how it could be exploited or hacked. So, uh, first of all, it's necessary to build so-called threat model, threat, threat model, yes, a threat map. And then, based of these risks of threat model, it's necessary to create uh, some secure or take some security measures. As for smart devices, our uh, our approach, and we believe that the only way is to create to build the device secure from, from from design phase, from the very beginning. So it's uh, because in most case, in all cases, actually, you can't add some additional security to the device. And it's impossible. Because, you know, it's usually it's a small device without any update features of a firmware. Uh, and you can't just plug in additional box in front of that or behind that. So the device should be secure from the very beginning, from the you know, blueprints. It should be designed as a secure device. All of the software should be written with security in mind. It should be used uh, operating system which built uh, with security in mind. You know, all of the processes of development, of development software should be with security in mind. That's the only way. Otherwise, we can't get security for the embedded connected devices or Internet of Things. If if we take that, um, yeah, if from a more individual perspective, how could that be done? So, how could how could the device, from your perspective, be built up from from the very scratch in a more uh, security relevant manner or way? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, currently there are uh, several. Uh, procedures or approaches for software development, for secure software development, so-called secure development lifecycle, SDLC. That's the approach uh, that helps to create the, you know, better software without uh, bugs or security exploits, on one hand. On another hand, using the proper operating system which designed to maintain security helps a lot. Now, uh, for example, uh, we uh, at the moment uh, we are developing the operating system, and we already uh, got some projects, commercial projects in place, and we utilize the that approach. So, idea of the operating system is to give the extra level of the security to the device, and on one hand, and on another hand, separate security and safety. So it, it means that security engineer would work only on security and do not work on the safety or functional part. And the functional engineer or safety engineer will program the functional and do not think even think about the security. Uh -huh. So to divide two roles, because you know it's much easier to find the uh, very good software engineer which uh, is you know knows uh, how to develop functional stuff and to find the dedicated security engineer which knows the security, then to find the one universal soldier. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's why 
In this case, uh, if, if someone utilizes the same approach, this approach, okay, that's it's gonna be you know, a little bit more resources, but these two guys, these two person, could work simultaneously and release the products fast on the market. Okay. That's, that's an additional advantage. So again, uh, special procedure, how to create the secure product plus operating system, which utilize, you know, some approaches, security approaches. Mm -hmm. That approach, it's, that approach is actually not new on the market. It's called Mills Multiple Independent Level of Security. It was designed, I think, about, you know, 15 years ago. And the idea behind the approach is to uh, separate different security domains, okay, different applications inside of them, and very strictly control all of the communications between these security domains. Okay. Mm -hmm. It means that all of the communications, all API calls, all you know, asking for a file, reading, writing, goes through the microkernel, and microkernel should check these communications if it's allowed or not against the security policy. And you know, no applications could call other applications directly, only through the microkernel. Mm -hmm. In this case, you can reach a certain level of security. But, you know, uh, all modern, not all, okay, most of the, all of the popular uh, modern operating systems like Windows, Linux, or Mac OS, or Android, they do not use that approach. Mm -hmm. and, yes. You know, in Windows, every application could call directly other applications and avoiding the kernel. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, Linux the same. That's why the, uh, we call it surface of attack. Surface of attack on Linux, Windows, Mac OS is huge. Mm -hmm. That's why there are a lot of problems and a lot of vulnerabilities. And it, several thousand already found, and I'm sure there are several thousand more. And if the operating system utilizes the Mills approach, the surface of the attack is shrinking to the very tiny, uh, tiny surface. That's why it's very difficult to find the new vulnerability in that type of operating system. You just mentioned three different approaches. So I have the STL, I have used to use an appropriate operating system mm -hmm. and also to separate security and safety. And yes. let, let's just come back to the... So the first one, that's uh, security development lifecycle. I think that's simply some kind of definition, some kind of processing. Yeah. Yes, right. And let's come to the second one here. Use an appropriate operating system. I initially thought about the, the, the ones you just mentioned, but you already ruled them out. And I'm considering, okay, where are some hardened versions? For example, hardening Linux or hardened Linux is available. But I think mm -hmm. you have something different in mind. What are you yes. using? Or Yes. You know, uh, hardened Linux or SE Linux, for example, it's the same Linux and uh, the same architectural principles. Yes. So if you uh, got the, uh, some vulnerabilities, you can get the root access, for example, or administrative mm. access in Windows. Okay. That's yeah. it. If you got that, if you got root or got admin uh, rights, you can control all of the machines or all of the network. That's a problem. That, the problem of the Linux, the Linux is fantastic. Windows is very good. You know, Mac OS is also I like that. But that's, it's built on the, uh, uh, how it's called. It's uh, the kernel. It's monolithic kernel. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the problem of this system. It's, uh, you know, it's very convenient, general purpose operating system, uh, uh, very convenient to use with a very 
actually weak of security. That's a problem. Uh, there are several operating systems on the market which are uh, which actually pretty popular in the bandit world. In the, uh, for example, it's a uh, uh, PyCoS by Cisco. Another, it's a secure um, links uh, links by Links Software. Yes. Uh, some versions of uh, Integrity by Green Hills. That's they utilize a different approach. They uh, provide the you know separation of different domains. They provide control of controlled communications of uh, between that domains. But they are not using on the desktop. The problem is very obvious because they are not very user friendly. No. You know, that's a balance between security and uh, user experience. If you want user experience, usually you, uh, you know, modern operating system, they sacrifice security and vice versa. Yeah. That's it. Uh, and another problem here that uh, for general, general purpose operating system like Linux, you've got thousands or tens of thousands of different software. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you, your laptop runs dozens of uh, software, dozens of uh, applications at the same time, and the now it's one dozen in an hour. It's another dozen of applications. But for embedded world, usually the device runs very fixed, very strict set of software. It runs it yesterday, it runs it tomorrow, and will run it forever. That's why in this case it's much easier to create the strict secure environment and they're safe at the same time yeah okay so does that mean that um you at Kaspersky are uh, supporting these operating systems you mentioned for Cisco, so, uh, for example, the Pico S or Lynx. Are we directly supported by, by Kaspersky then? And how does that look like? Mm -hmm. So we uh, we have partnership with Cisco and uh, they license one of the, our technology called Kaspersky Security System and integrate it into their uh, hypervisor PyQuest. And you know, PyQuest already provides separation of the different domains, security domains, and they got some. Uh, it definitely, all of the communications go through the, you know, microvisor or hypervisor, whatever microkernel actually. And with uh, KSS or Kaspersky Security System, they add the certain level of control of these communications. So advanced control of the communications. That's why they actually. That's you know normal secure operating system from our standpoint. As for links, now they are not supported yet, but who knows? Probably we'll sign the partnership agreement with them. But you know, as I mentioned, we have our own operating system, uh, Kaspersky OS, which usually it's also utilized the same approach: separation and control communication. Good. Yeah. Interesting. So and. Uh... If I come back to say, what kind of actual threats do you see for embedded systems? If we take a more more thirty thousand foot picture, uh, first of all, that uh, the privacy. Okay. The privacy. If we are talking about, the, for example, consumer devices, there's definitely privacy. Leakage of private data, any kind of private data, that's a huge concern, a big problem. As for industrial uh, industrial world. That's another, another problem. For example, uh, leakage of the data is not probably the biggest problem, but 
disruption of technological process with different type of consequences, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, only you know delays or losing money, that's a probably the minor problem because all of these industrial devices, okay, most of them, they are cyber physical. They cyber device or they connected to the physical device and could influence on the physical world. And up to you know consequences of a successful cyber attack could be up from uh, lost some data up to you know nuclear power plant disaster uh, like mm-hmm. explosion something like that. Okay, yes. Theoretically, okay, theoretically, definitely in the real world uh, the level of risk or severity of level of risk is not very high. But nevertheless, all of the devices, cyber devices, now connected to physical, and in success in in, in case of successful attack. Yeah. Uh, the consequences of this attack could be very, very dangerous. Uh, I know Kaspersky or um, Laboratoria Kasperskova. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I know them from the midst of 1996 or something like that, together with McAfee and all the other big parties, the antivirus. From the very beginning, some kind of... Uh, antivirus approaches mainly for the for the PCs based on one windows and now you are talking about at that time it was quite quite much clear it was detection of virus virus viruses and if you have detected remove it yeah. and uh, now the question is if we are talking about security we have not talked about prevention so uh-huh. that there is no threat or that we prevent any kind of threats what about if there is some kind of intrusion, if there has been some break-ins, how, how can you support there? Is it the same as on the virus side? Simply remove it? Uh, it depends on the applications, actually. I mean, with the device. Okay. In some cases, uh, it's just reflash with the uh, patched or updated version of the software or operating system. In some cases, this is in case of the cyber physical devices or industrial environment, it could be special mitigation process. It should be. It should be. It uh, you know it has to be a special mitigation process in case of intrusion is successful. Another problem is uh, probably connected car. What to have? What what the driver or what uh, the car should do in case of a successful intrusion? So it definitely. All of the reaction, definitely, you're absolutely right that there is no such a thing as 100% security. Yes, of course. It's impossible to reach that level. Mm -hmm. And there is a small probability, even though all of these security measures uh, were were taken, like uh, secure operating system, security lifecycle, secure software. Anyway, there is a very small probability that 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 one of the successful hackers would hack this device. And in every case in every device there should be special procedures it depends on the device itself so but anyway you're absolutely right this procedure should be in place and again it should be like a mitigation plan should be designed during the design uh, phase of the device yes Yes, okay. But if you have, haven't taken that into mind from the very scratch, you are anyway lost at that point, I think. So there is no possibility to, to heal afterwards or to put safety inside. Yeah. What do you already yeah. mentioned? That's a, that's a, you mentioned very uh, it's a kind of fundamental problem. Uh, all of the software, software developers nowadays, we got used to create a program 
for laptops, for desktops, for servers. And the worst case, the worst problem could happen with uh, that type of software. It's a or laptop just losing the data. Erase, destroy, encrypt it, and so on and so forth. That's the worst case. But now, in, in the world of Internet of Things, of connected devices, devices connected to the physical world, and we can't use the same approach we got used for, for uh, dozens of years developing software for laptops. We have to use the different approach. We have to use different way of thinking, a different design approach, because consequences of the uh, of a mistake, of exploits, of the bug, of a hack, could be much more worse. And how could this different approach look like? It's a start with design, definitely. It should be designed with security in mind. Not only thinking, not, not separately security and safety, but the uh, architect of uh, the new de de device should think about both security and uh, safety at the same time. But later on, it could be divided again from your perspective. Yeah, yeah. So it, it could be two person, but nevertheless, it should be, you know, uh, the process should be the same. So it should be designed smoothly because, you know, you can't think of uh, security without having in mind what kind of functional provides uh, by the device. Right. For example, if I don't know uh, that I'm working on the car security, connected car security, I don't know what to do in case of successful hack and so on and so on. You see, that's that type of connected. So I don't need to be an expert in safety, but I should know that in case of successful hack, I need to take some special measures. And the safety engineer should think, okay, the safety, safety procedure in case of uh, the successful intrusion is following, blah, 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 one, two, three, four, five. That's it. I see. As you just mentioned, the Internet of Things. I, I have joined, there was an IoT tech day in Frankfurt last year, and I joined that. And there was a lot of gadgets presented and, and marvelous things were highlighted and how this thing should, uh, these things should run. However, there was nearly nobody looking for security or integrity of embedded devices. It looks like everybody takes it as some kind of God-given that there are no problems. Mm -hmm. But I think you are on different tracks. And how do you see the IoT, the chances, and also the risks? Uh, you know, I'm a security, uh, security specialist and I see risks at the same time. So I got, you know, different angle of view. So and uh, most of the people uh, in, uh, see the opportunities and uh, some benefits, I see risks. And you know, uh, then we met with, when we meet with customers, they are just explaining their services. Okay, okay guys, you see, uh, you have to use some encryption. In case of you, you, you use encryption, you have to store some encryption keys on your device. How would you protect the encryption key of your device? Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry, we, we didn't think about it yet. Okay. And so on and so forth. So that's, you know, especially now in the connected world, the role of security expert is increasing very dramatically. Mm -hmm. And that's actually uh, why we uh, not switch fully switch to uh, embedded security, but uh, we believe that embedded security is going to be a very huge portion of our revenue in the future. 
if if I imagine I would be some kind of a IoT device manufacturer or I providing some solution within the embedded uh, or within the IoT realm. Um, and I, I see that I want to develop a new device and now I'm considering, okay, I have to take the security in mind. And and when I think about, ah, there is Kaspersky, how could it, how could you support such a manufacturer, such a company? How does that look like? There are several ways how we can support that. So uh, the easiest way for us and probably the, uh, the most difficult way for a manufacturer, we just license the operating system and provide all necessary materials, how to create the secure software, and the uh, manufacturer create every software by themselves, one thing. And the, the opposite way, just the manufacturer order it us uh, to create the you know, special software, secure software for their device. That's it, that's it, there's just two, two ways. Either to license and give away. Okay. And or uh, just to create by ourselves. Both ways, both ways are possible, and both ways are working now. So one of the, our customer just asked us, "Okay, guys, can you give, can you create the firmware for our new device?" Other guys said, "Okay, just would you mind to license your software to us, and we will do rest of the thing." Mm -hmm. Both ways are possible. Okay, and how can I how can I imagine how does that look like? So you don't have most likely you don't have the the knowledge to put in the functional part of the of the software, and how is that be done then finally? Okay, in this case we work very closely with uh, with manufacturer, and uh, usually in in uh, in the case I'm talking about, we we have already have a software. It's just a normal some kind of Linux software or other stuff. And uh, we redesigned the architecture of that and use the, uh, the same source code, but redesign it in order to add some additional security and, uh, and in order to uh, that software benefit from uh, running under Kaspersky OS. That's why we work very closely with the manufacturer. That means you do not become the specialist for the, no. for the function, no. but you, you, no. you are more in a consulting role then. Yes, in this case. Uh, another example, we work very closely with uh, subject matter expert, okay. okay, safety or functional, and we work together and we just, like, uh, two groups working together on the same device, asking the questions to each other, like, okay, like you mentioned, what to do in case of successful intrusion. So, we, yes, we can detect that and just uh, send the signal to the functional part in order to do some, okay, countermeasures or mitigation plan in place. Okay. And so that's it. So, again, it's like like I mentioned, a separation. That's a separation of the uh, roles or views, functional and security. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how can I? How can I? Yeah. How can I imagine that there are sitting these guys together, and there is their architect, and we are saying we are planning to have this device should be should have a function X and Y, and now we are presenting this function to you guys, and then you say, oh, hold on. There might be a threat here. I see some problems where. Is it is that the approach you are taking? That's kind of, yes. Kind of, yes. Okay, so, uh, for example, now, uh, the client requires that functional in the device. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, that's a list of the uh, things that device should do. That's the architecture of the hardware. Okay, then they stepped in and, okay, guys, we need to do that, 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 that stuff. So we think about the threats. We, we create the threat model. 
they provide the countermeasures or security measures in order to protect against every threat we we you know not not found but we, we find okay we find out mm -hmm. that's it that's in our consultancy plus okay we create the, if you're talking about Kaspersky OS we create the security policy in order to uh, satisfy with uh, requirements that's it yeah it's a consultancy plus uh, not probably development itself but okay kind of development Okay, this this kind of consultancy, I think this needs some kind of yeah experience. So you need to have some years. So it's directly coming from the university. You might have some theories, but not uh, some much e practical experience. As a, I can imagine it's quite hard to find new candidates for these kind of security consulting jobs. So where do you do the recruiting for your staff workers? You're right. We are doing uh, we are recruit uh, newcomers from universities. Uh, and several universities may have very good uh, courses on uh, computer security nowadays. Again, even though they have courses on how to create the secure operating system. So the concept of secure operating system, it's not new. So it's already uh, all de developed and uh, well known. On another hand, uh, we, at, at the moment actually, we are developing a special program, one big program for universities. Uh, and uh, the main goal of the program is to provide a special, one has special knowledge of uh, the secure operating system approaches and the Kaspersky operating system as well, and to have a kind of contest, uh, contest among students uh, and find uh, the most talented guys and probably recruit them in the future. That's it. We work very closely, and you know, we have. Uh, educational program to find the talents. Uh, this runs for already 10 years. We work very closely with different universities around the globe, uh, from Japan to the United States. And this is very successful, actually. Yeah, that so sounds very interesting here, especially for newcomers to uh, to jump in into this, uh, yeah, let's say, upcoming or at least uh, heavily growing part of uh, IT technologies, especially belonging IoT, for example. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, very interesting. And uh, one question comes to my mind. You, there are tons of proprietary uh, hardware and software. Can you support everything? Or do you mm. say, no, no, sorry, with that operating system, sorry, you are, you are lost there? No, of course not. Uh, so, but, but, you know, it, it, first of all, we are uh, not going to target all of the devices in the world. Okay. Uh, so our main target audience is so-called embedded connected devices. So the device should be connected to the internet, not to the other devices, but to the internet. So it means that uh, smart sensors, it's not our target audience, for example, or uh, avionics in, in planes, because they are not connected so far. <laughs> and I, I do believe that it won't be connected. Yeah. Never. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's it. So. And as for hardware, we definitely have some limitations of hardware because uh, for some uh, microcontrollers, it's impossible to implement the separation because they do not have uh, memory management unit and it's, it's impossible to separate different domains on a hardware level. Yeah, fair enough. So there are, some, there are some limitations definitely and we can't cover all of the, all of the devices in the world or support any, all of the software in the world. Definitely, we have some limitations. Okay. Yeah, I see. 
I see. So taking this into account, are there some are there some kind of I'm thinking about three typical hints or um, yeah yeah maybe tips uh, you want to give to anybody out there who comes into trouble with security and safety? Um, first of all, you know it's a field secure. Okay. Without that, you can't uh, reach the certain level of security, and afterwards. It's virtually impossible, very difficult to fix the problem then you release the product. Mm. That's, that's the first of all, it's the most important thing. Uh, then, uh, not only to think secure, but think risk. Okay. Always think not only about opportunity, but about the risks. Think about data. Think of what kind of... Uh, try to become, not probably black hat, but try to think of what kind of uh, what what could be an interest for a bad guys in your device? Okay. Yeah, yeah it, it's also like a risk management. So yeah. if if there is nothing, uh, okay, probably there is no risk here. But you know, bad guys they are very creative and they found the way how to get, extract money from any new, you mm-hmm. know, trend or any new, okay, like opportunity okay. in the virtual world. That's probably it. That's the most important from us. Okay, I see. Um, Andre, is there anything that comes to your mind that you really would like to put in at, the, at this point? Uh, there are a lot of stuff, so but I think it's, <laughs> yes. it's enough for today. Okay, good. So then finally, let's come to the end. Thank you very much what you have joined the show, what you are uh, giving this kind of knowledge to our audience. Thank you very much, Andre. Okay, no problem. My pleasure. Well, well, this was our tech chat with Andre Nikishin from Kaspersky Labs about security and embedded systems. Thank you again, Andre. It was a pleasure to have you on board. And you guys in the audience, do not hesitate to visit the show notes at embeddedsuccess.com slash episode 36 to get more information about the mentioned Kaspersky OS and the ways how to come in touch with Andre. Andre has forwarded me some white papers and additional documents I wanted to forward to you guys. And please have a study, look at them. It's really worthwhile to see what the guys are thinking at Kaspersky Labs. And now, some other story. I'm talking a lot about these iTunes reviews. In fact, it has become an everlasting action to ask you for a review at iTunes. Five stars would be the very best, of course. And now, it's time for you. Just give it a small calculation. I have made and provided 36 episodes with approximately 30 minutes of content, so you can listen to roughly 18 hours of worthwhile information. And here and today, I'm asking you for 10 minutes of your time to go to the iTunes review. Ah, I hear you guys. I do not have that link. I do not know where to look. No way. On the show notes page at embeddedsuccess.com slash episode 36, there is a prominent link to iTunes. You know what to do. I count on you. This was the splendid 36th episode of the Mastering Embedded Systems podcast. I'm Georg Lora. Thank you for listening.